0: welcome to Miked up sports the show that gives people in sports an unfiltered platform to share their stories if you want to help us tell more stories check us out at patreon.com slash television paypal.me slash television or on cash app at TSB television thanks for joining us and enjoy the show Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another live edition of Mic'd up Sports, the show that goes in-depth with people who build our sports community, past and present. If you're watching us live on Facebook, thanks for joining us. And if you're watching us on demand through YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts, we're glad you can join us there as well. We had to move this to Facebook because our guest, Mandy Hill, has a special anniversary engagement uh, coming up here. Yesterday, I believe you celebrated your fourth anniversary. So Mandy, thanks for coming on and congrats on making it four years. So <laughs> your marriage has lasted as long as a high school and college career. I'd like to think that is a significant milestone.
1: A big deal, there you go, thank you. <laughs> Many more to go.
0: We hope, yes. I was gonna say you, you just hit four, so you're aiming for 40, right? Absolutely,
1: <laughs> till death do us part.
0: <laughs> That's true. I do wonder, though, because of your connection with basketball and you went to Richfield, but your AAU team allowed you to be teammates with the likes of Taylor Hill and Megan Knipe and Katya Like and several others. But in particular, with you and Taylor, I understand the two of you have a strong friendship. When you were AAU teammates, was there ever a bubble where you thought to yourself, hmm, is there a way I can become her sister-in-law? <laughs>
1: that's a funny question uh no um that's uh you know I actually people I think a lot of people wonder that but it's kind of a unique story to be honest yeah Taylor and I have been friends since really like seventh grade became really close friends ninth grade um and then all the way up and yeah as we got older and older our friendship actually got stronger um PJ didn't come into the picture for a long time I actually didn't really know PJ like when taylor and i became really close like our freshman year more he was like gone i think i don't even know gone and um i don't actually remember pj that much which is really interesting and then um you know we went off to college and i remember going out to ohio state a couple of times and like there was like one time he was there so we were all with each other and her Taylor and PJ are really close and they've always been really close. And so if we are in the same space, you know, we're always all together. So when I would go out there, we'd all be together, but still no real kid, you know, just kind of like that's, P- or, you know, that's Taylor's older brother, nothing like that. And I was young, you know, we were still young and stuff. Um, and then she actually, so really she's the start of this just to be clear. So she actually date dated, Um, PJ's like best friend and roommate Dave Lighty so they played basketball together out at Ohio State Dave is PJ's age and so she started dating him and so she really started this you know whatever best friend kind of thing and so then actually the year after we graduated from college um like that springtime, that first year, like my first year I was uh, out teaching and like her first year after her WNBA season, um, she was pregnant and so she came home and because she was home we spent so much time together and honestly hadn't spent like that much time with each other since we were in high school because she was always gone she was always in Columbus and so like you know all of us friends would go out to Columbus a lot or when she came home she was only home for a couple of days so this was like the first time that she was like home home for a while so we hung out like every day you know and she was pregnant and so we were going on walks every day trying to do like bike rides until she couldn't do that anymore and like doing all these things and so then um, PJ came home from playing basketball overseas in the midst of all that. Dave came, you know, here because they were about to have Maurice at the end of June or middle of June, I should say. And then we just all kind of like, you know, I was there with Taylor all the time. Now he was home. Dave was there, they're best friends. We all just kind of clicked that way and that's actually when it started. when we became close friends, and we were all hanging out, us four, and then all of a sudden, just him and I were hanging out. <laughs> so then, the rest is pretty much history. <laughs> but I will say, she started this, you know?
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, the two of you started hanging out, and then it became a, a step further than hanging out, is that, if that's the best way of putting it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yep. We had, we had fun that summer. Like, we did lots of different things, but, um, you know, then it was like she had Maurice and PJ and I were like, well, let's still just have some fun. So we just kept on hanging out.
0: So how many barbs or jabs lighthearted? I presume that Taylor said when (laughs) it was official, because like you said, Taylor started it then. Oh, by the way, my best friend is now going to be my sister-in-law. As the saying goes, you can't make this up, but I'm sure there's been some fun lighthearted jabs between the two of you about all this.
1: Um, you know, PJ actually talked to her about all of this right away. Like before I even like, uh, you know, like before PJ and I were really even like a thing or dating or however you want to call it, he was already talking to Taylor about me. So she was like game for it from the start, like even before I agreed. <laughs> like, and so, and like I said, her and PJ have like, they're like, you know, they're best friends. So they have such a strong Um, relationship that it kind of felt I mean she was like all for it like immediately you know and she always has been she's one of our biggest supporters honestly like she she's always with us always here for us like she's always like Mandy PJ Mandy PJ but she does always remind people like I was her friend first though don't forget always we both remind everybody of that like but we were actually friends first (laughs) like so That's probably the only jab or not jab, but just reminder like that, you know, and and it's so funny too, because like, I think we've learned a lot um, throughout this process too, because at the beginning it was just like all fun, you know, all fun and games. And, you know, we were living our best lives and now she had a family, me and PJ have a family, like we're doing all these things together and stuff. And so now that, you know, we've both had different different things, ups and downs throughout life. It's been, it's been nice to like grow together and figure all those pieces out.
0: And of course I wasn't implying anything mean, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just fun yeah. smack talk, the, the way friends can yeah. have with each other. Yeah. Although now that you have a son, I remember Taylor telling me she thinks her son is going to be a lot better than she was at basketball. And I'm going to let the jury, uh, Settle that one because when yeah. you're that young I'm like let's give these kids a little bit of space especially with all the pressure I think you and I can discuss that all the pressure yeah. that these yeah. younger kids are facing now with the NIL now a thing all of the highlight tapes out there so
1: oh, when you're-, you're yeah oh my gosh yeah
0: So, yeah, no pressure on your son, PJ Jr. (laughs) or Maurice. I'm going to let them develop. And if they just happen to have a thing for basketball, then I'll be there for the ride. (laughs) That's how I look at it. But absolutely.
1: They got to have that love or else it's just like, you know, it's not going to go it's not gonna be what it could be. And I will tell you, Maurice has got a love for basketball. And I don't know if it was just like a natural thing or if it's because he's been around the game literally since he was born. You know, his mom and dad both play what it is. I mean, we've seen people that parents play and their child has no interest in basketball, you know, and has been around it, but he has got a serious love for the game. It's a little bit scary. (laughs) He he walks in like breeds basketball. So, but we'll see about baby PJ, you know, big PJ keeps saying, of course, you know, he's going to the NBA, all these things, you know, like all the time. And I keep telling them like, but if you want to do something else, like mom approves, it's okay, <laughs> but I doubt it. <laughs>
0: You know what's gonna happen? He's gonna take a batman. No, <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
0: <laughs> you know, hey.
1: totally like in the blue. yeah. We'll see. Hey, that's we'll an see.
0: Olympic sport, though. So you never know. Volleyball is gaining ground, so that's mm-hmm. where. It's like, hey, <laughs> I always said I'm usually the last to know where kids are going to college. I don't like asking. I remember, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I remember when Taylor was going through the selection process, and even back then, feeling weird about asking her because one of my old friends was like why don't you ask where she's going and I'm like because it's their moment yeah. I don't I'm not into scoops so if you go d1 like when Paige announced she was going to Hopkins I'm like great uh if you go to Minnesota that's fine too but no matter where your kids end up I just want to be there to tell the story but my reputation isn't based on their success so yeah. I'm going, you know you gotta let like these These athletes, they won't know until they're ready. You can't weasel that answer out of them beforehand uh, because it's one thing to go for scoops. It's another to enjoy the ride, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And the thing is too, is like kids don't, when you're that age, you don't even necessarily know what you're looking for, you know, and I think all of us adults already have it like mapped out for them and stuff. And you got to give them a moment to figure it out themselves too because they actually have to live it.
0: Precisely. Take your son, for example. I know you're a Richfield graduate. Maybe he ends up at Holy Angels.
1: (laughs) Maybe. You don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see.
0: (laughs) Had to sneak that in there, of course, a reference to the crosstown rivalry between the two schools. (laughs) Absolutely. And while we've talked about your family connections For those of us, for those of you who are tuning in who maybe aren't familiar with Mandy's story, she is much more than PJ's wife or Taylor Hill's sister in law. She was an accomplished athlete in her own right, went to Richfield, then spent a season at Cloud Community College, then finished her college career at Concordia St. Paul. And the first, and we know she's not the last because of the January sisters, but she was the first Richfield player to score 1,000 points set a lot of school records i think jessica subsequently passed them but you mentioned being part of that first wave of richfield athletes and before you could join that wave you had a beginning as well much like sine and pj jr wherever he ends up so mandy if you can recall what was your first itch the first moment that got you hooked into sports especially basketball
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I have an older brother, and so he is a, was an athlete and played three sports all the time. And so, just following him along naturally, like I've always been a competitor, like even off the courts, <laughs> like or whatever I'm in, I've always been a competitor. And really, like just outgoing. And I think that sports just brought me like a lot of joy. Like it kept me moving. It kept me around people. Like I'm a talker, <laughs> so like you know as spaces to meet people and and keep going so that was probably my biggest thing is probably just following my brother really like doing whatever he did um and I just always was active and my dad and loves sports and you know my mom is a go-getter so it just kind of was like natural that you were going to be involved and keep going I remember in fourth grade I believe it was fourth grade or maybe it was third grade um, so my best friend lived like diagonal across the street from me when I was young, and her family is a huge sports family and so they always like whatever Jamie was in they always made sure I got into like so it also started with them and just kind of just both of our families being merged together. Um, and. Uh, We played house league basketball and Jamie's mom and my mom were the coaches. (laughs) We played basketball, actually uh, it was house league. That's when I started and we played on the carpet. (laughs) So it was like carpet courts. And um, some of the memories that we share from just those couple of years of playing house league. And we both went on and played like AAU and played at high levels. And she played division two basketball as well. we like both just laughed like can you believe that's where we started like it was like the first year we 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 played we like beat everybody so bad that the next year they made a rule that there had to be like a free pass and so yeah it's not basketball it's weird but like, we still laugh about that today like we couldn't even stand it we would be standing there like can we go get the ball now can we go like looking at our moms like can we go get it now like um, and so we just laugh about that. And then from there, you know, that's when my, I think my mom was like, okay, we gotta do something different. So we, you know, played the travel, started the summer basketball a little bit later on and kind of just went from there. I also um, ran track in, uh, in high school and I, I loved track. And then I um, played volleyball as well. But when I was even younger than that, I did softball like in and out. I did slow pitch softball. I didn't do fast pitch, but my it was my we like camped and did different things on the weekends in the summertime. So it was a big commitment for my mom to to take that on. So it wasn't until I was in seventh grade that she was like, OK, you you got to keep going with these sports. And so that's when we kind of more got involved in the AAU and more of the um, travel stuff.
0: So if it was a sport, you found a way to play it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep.
0: And as you made your way to Richfield, you mm-hmm. noted not a lot of history with women's basketball and maybe they haven't been able to sustain it the same way Hopkins and Haha Academy have, but you did get to play a part in history yeah. being the first woman to score a thousand points there. And Richfield maybe doesn't get talked in the same breath as Hopkins or Minneapolis South with your buddy Taylor Hill winning state and winning Miss Basketball. You probably knew she could pull that off, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you go to Richfield. Mm-hmm. I don't know how familiar you were with the history or what you were thinking, what your plans were as you started attending classes there. But what do you recall from? your time as an athlete and realizing that you helped rewrite the history books?
1: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, in the moment you don't really understand, you know, you just go with it and you were having, I was having so much fun and like the energy at Richfield was so high and, um, my freshman year i was the i i just remember things happening and being thinking it was just so cool like it was so cool like my freshman year like i was the only one that played varsity like the only freshman that played varsity and moved up and that was like new for ridgefield like they didn't let people move up like i remember when we were in eighth even like seventh and eighth like eighth grade for sure there between Jamie Noonan, Pamela January and I, like all three of us should have been playing high school by then, but it was like, you don't do that in Richfield. Like you don't move up and you don't take people's spots. Like we're all here for fun. Like it was like that kind of like environment. And so our year, our 2009 year between us three and uh, many more players, like we started to change that. Like we went to, you know, and tryouts, it was clear, like We needed to be playing on a different team, not the freshman team. And I moved up to varsity and Jamie and Pam moved to the sophomore team. And um, that was really the start of the transition, really. Um, We ended up getting a new coach my second year, my sophomore year, Leanne Wise. And she already had like big goals, big dreams. Like, this is what we're doing. You know, we're going, we're going to beat all these teams. Like, we're going to state. Like, her goal was always like, take, we're going to state. She had a daughter, I can't remember if her daughter was a year older than Jesse or a year, or the same age as Jesse, but so she had a younger daughter too that was athletic and just knew, understood the value. And like, you know, if you're good, you play, like that's how it works. Like we wanna win games here. And so that's, you know, was really the, a game changer for us too, was bringing in like um, new coaching staff um, just to just kind of, you know, change the way it's been done. I had a great freshman year. I had so much fun. Like I loved everybody and the girls and everything. And the coaching staff was good, but it wasn't in a in a like it was we weren't in the lane of like trying to go somewhere with basketball. And I knew that was my goal. Like I wanted to just keep playing basketball as long as I could. Um, and then also getting heavily involved in AAU at the same time, you realize that basketball is like in a whole like women's basketball and like what could happen to me is like on a whole bigger scale than what I've ever experienced. And so that's really when it kind of started. And, um, you know, we did some really big things. We went on undefe- you know, we beat every team in our conference year after year, conference champions. We went, you know, we played, we beat Eden Prairie one year. And I remember that was like, no way, like in sections. And, you know, the one team we could never beat was Kennedy at the time. Like we could not beat them ever. <laughs> I don't know why, but we never could beat Kennedy. Um, they were our biggest rivals. I remember we beat Wyzetta. We beat, I mean, we beat big teams and again, it was like, who Richfield? Like who's over there? What are they doing over there? You know? So we were really that start of, um, just something different. And we also had the coaching staff that wanted to be a part of basketball on a larger scale. And so we, we, you know, they seeked out diff- bigger teams to play throughout the year besides just our conference and stuff. And we were, um, in 4A at the time too. I think they've moved like way down now, which I feel like I could, re- I, I wanna redo everything now. <laughs> but, so it was hard. It was really hard to get any recognition. It was hard to, you know, every time we got to sections it was tough, but we, we you know, we did well. We, we always made it pretty, you know, beat the, we always went one or two rounds in. And so that was always good. I wanna say we lost the championship one year. I can't even I can't truly remember but we lost to Kennedy we lost every year to Kennedy <laughs> but um yeah it was cool and it was cool to be just a part of like the student body like um the men's program has all was already so successful like before we came in with like Ray Brown Travis Brown and that whole era and so it was kind of cool to be like no we're, we're, we're good too like we're good too and so in um, Richville small. The community is small. Like, people always came out to the games. The student body was always there. Um, so it was fun. It was really fun.
0: I was looking over some of those records, and you're right. You did well. The, those section rounds were a bit tricky, but you have to remember who the Kennedy teams at the time were pretty stacked. I know another year you played against Chaska when – yeah. Uh, around the Courtney Boydlin years. And yeah. I didn't realize yeah. you were a yeah. school. I remember that
1: now. We went, I had to go out to Chaska. And like, for us, we we're like Chaska. Like I didn't even know what direction Chaska was at the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I you presume know, you know, you know now.
1: Schools. I remember one year we actually played Taylor too. I think it might've been like my freshman year. We played South at South. So we played good people, you know, we, we were in there a little bit, but still just came from such a small like a a conference for especially for women's basketball that like you know didn't didn't mean too much at a higher level
0: well you helped it mean something and i know they would go to state a couple of times in the jessica january years and from what you're saying maybe uh, we'll see you coaching there at some point i know richfield they've haven't been able to return to that form since then but As you were making your way through, it was a lot of fun, I presume, getting to play up and then finding yourself uh, taking on high-level teams and winning Mm -hmm. for a smaller program, but when did you realize that you were the first woman in Richfield history to have four digits next to her name? Again, I think the Januaries have since joined you, but... I think it would seem crazy now for a lot of us who follow the sports and you follow some of the top players, but you know, there are some schools that up until certain athletes come in, don't have a lot of history. And to me, it seems surreal that you were the first to do it.
1: Um, Yeah, it was, um, that was one thing that like was always kind of a goal like I remember watching the boys play and like so many of the players like get that thousand points and like they stop the game and everything and so like that was something that I knew about I would say like I was very um like I didn't actually really understand this basketball world at a high level when I was younger you know like I didn't have anybody in front of me do it and stuff and so you know my parents were just team Mandy like You know, they thought I was the best player in the world and like just, you know, loved me hard and cheered me on but didn't really know what it meant to be at that high level. And so, but that was one thing that I was aware of and like I did want. Um, And so I remember my going into my senior year and I don't know if it was my varsity coach or if it was um, Jamie Noonan's family that actually brought it to my attention that I was really close. Um, And so then I just remember being like so excited and I think Richfield just did a really good job like they did an awesome job of like making it a big deal for me. Um, You know, they, they just the moment was really fun but then they also did like a little ceremony for me afterwards and um, it was known around the school and stuff so it was like a big deal and I just remember thinking it was just so cool and like so happy and Kind of like in the, you know, never wanting the game to end, like in that whole mindset. And I believe the second person to do it was Jamie Noonan did it shortly after me, too. So I think we both did it in that same year. Because I remember, I remember the game, she was so close. I was just kept saying, passes to Jamie, passes to Jamie. (laughs) Like we got to get her there.
0: And on a related subject, as you were making your way, through the ranks in sports, who were your idols since you were a multi-sport athlete playing three sports in high school and seemingly playing wherever there was a ball, but who are the athletes you looked up to as you were making a name for yourself as an athlete?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think on that large scale, like as a young women's player, like Diana Taurasi was always like amazing. Like you couldn't come close to her, you know? And that was, uh, you know, I was the year, Kobe years, of course. And so those were just always like two phenomenal players that I feel like always wanted to be. I will say I remember watching Ray Rondo and uh, thinking like he's like I loved all the things he did, all the small things he did. And I remember thinking like, I need to get every rebound. Like I need to do re- like just it brought me, I brought my like attention to like the small things. Um and I remember used to always talking to my dad about that, like Ray Rondo, Ray Rondo. Um those are just a couple I would say.
0: And then while you were making history at Richfield even if you didn't get a state tournament you were the first you no one can ever take that away you will always be the first woman to score a thousand points we talked about this at the start your AAU team it was NC Heat Mm -hmm. that much I remember where you got to play alongside Taylor Hill, Megan Knipe, and Katya like all three of them went division one, I. I can't remember who else was on that team, mm-hmm. but what do you recall from that circuit, getting to play alongside three D one athletes, one who would parlay that into a professional career, Taylor being one of your best friends since seventh grade, I think you said, or from an early age. Mm-hmm. And now you got to yeah. <laughs> experience yeah. a lot of success together.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I will say for me, um, like I kind of mentioned a little bit, like that was my biggest experience at that age to like basketball at like a bigger, like on a bigger scale. And I remember going into it being super nervous. Um, and then like, just with mentorship and stuff throughout it, just like the messaging of just like you're just trying, you're trying to build off your own skill set, Mandy. Like you're trying to just when you walk away from here, you want to be better than like what you were. And I truly believe that happened mostly because I was playing with some of the best players. <laughs> and the intensity was at a whole different level, like at a level that like still to this day, I'm so appreciative. Like though my role was small on that team, um, the life lesson in like the experiences I got, I think um, are larger than, than I, than I even understood then, Um, because that level of play was nowhere near at Richfield, you know, like we were playing lightning and doing things like that at Richfield, like, which is all good and was a part of my story and I wouldn't change any of it, but you walked into that gym and it was like a whole different like level, and there was no like lightning and like all those things. Like you went and you worked hard, and we would we would work hard, really hard, um, and you worked out all the time. Like I would still ran track, and I would go for my track meets. My mom would have to drive out to my track meets and then take me all the way to South High School, like to go practice. And it was, it didn't matter that you just ran a track meet, like you're there to play basketball. Like the, the, the intensity was extremely high. Um, and I just remember like you just, I learned so much. I learned so much about the game, things that never had been taught to me or at all. Um, and so I learned from playing. I also learned from watching, like it just kind of was a unique, I'm glad that I joined when I did join like in high school and was able to use those younger years to just, you know, be me and play and stuff. But then I joined at a good time to really like learn the game a little bit at a deeper level and like work ethic, like what it actually takes. I think that might even be the biggest thing that I took from all that. Like what it actually takes to be good at not just basketball but at just some, like anything. Like the work ethic and the determination and like just that resilience um was modeled for me but I also was able to be a part of it you know like you it's like you surround your if you surround yourself by people at that with that work at such a high level you just gravitate towards that and you naturally like it's like a instinct you know you want to keep up <laughs> and so I worked harder than I've ever worked in any other space when I was at with NCE.
0: And as we noted at the start, it laid the building blocks for you to become part of the Hill family, who I've jokingly said is the first family of basketball with everyone that has contributed through coaching and playing. And I've said they're well, they just keep coming. <laughs> I, don't, you, you, you may have, I don't know how many of my games you watch Mandy, but whenever I cover a game involving the Hill sisters and soon to be uh Brothers and sons. Uh, so, I've said, I'm going to keep covering this family until I get older, die. I don't know if you've <laughs> heard that line before, but I- I'm convinced that's what's going to happen because they just keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, I have Sinead to look forward to now. Angel's got a couple of years left, I think, in the high school ranks. And mm-hmm. in about you know, eight, nine years, I'm sure I'll hear about Maurice, PJ, Maybe Junior.
1: You do, you do boys as well?
0: I do some boys games, although. This might surprise you. Women's basketball is my most watched sport of all the games that I publish on my YouTube channel and air locally, women's basketball is the most popular sport. And I've covered the likes of Jalen Suggs and Trey Holloman and Amir Coffey, Tyler Johnson, some of the biggest names to come out of men's basketball. And Tyler didn't even play college basketball. He could have. Uh, and he well he went on to win a super bowl so i think he he made the right decision yeah, there.
1: I'm going to say so, he just had a phenomenal year so we'll take it. Yeah,
0: you know we we always are happy to have a super bowl champion in our Yeah. But that's it, crazy. You, I I think it's crazy. Maybe others don't but I'm going okay so uh but i do cover men's basketball too just not as well, much the as the women. I
1: ask you is because Malachi Hill which Oh, that's right. Brother. He's going to be the one to watch as well. He is uh, very good, I will say. He is very, very good.
0: Well, considering his family lineage, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) you're a member of that family, you're going to have some skills uh, on the basketball court. That much is a given. (laughs) Uh, now, as you said, you were serious about it. Like it started about basketball did as a way for you to have fun, but you really wanted to make something for yourself. And with that gave you the chance to play a college basketball. Now, maybe you weren't getting the fanfare that Taylor was, for example, you know how it is with athletes that don't go to D1, which is fine because a college is a college. So I think you've seen that post that, it's a big deal if you go to an NAIA school, a JUCO, D3, D2, because it's your story. But do you remember when you got your first offer to play college basketball, how many offers you received and what that experience was like when you realized, hey, this sport that I was doing for fun could help pay for my education?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know when I realized like that it could pay for my education. I think You know, that's a really big understanding, like at that age, I would say, I think it was more like, oh, I can keep going. Like I can keep playing at a college. Um, The blessing in it is that you get your education paid for. Right. And that was, I mean, that was my mom's goal, like for sure. Like, you know, she, which I understand now being a parent, like, I don't care where you go, as long as you can get it paid for, like, that's a big deal. And so that was really, that was like within. That was my goal. It was like, where could I go to get my education paid for? Like, both my parents didn't go to college. Like, I watched my mom try to figure out like student loans and different things for my brother. Like, none of this was easy. And so, it was more like um, for me, you know, it was like I just want to keep playing. And and she really like, you know, put that into me that like no you can go somewhere and get this paid for like this is the goal like whatever we got to do now to get you going to get you in a space where you can get education paper so that was always my goal and and that was an amazing blessing through it all um and so i would say you know playing on nc heat there you know you were surrounded by college coaches all the time and so um it was always like I want to go D one. I want to go D one. Like then that started to be put into my head. Like I want to go D one. Look at all these D one coaches, and you get all these letters and these calls, and they want to know where you're at, and um, and and not necessarily. You know, now I look back. I'm like, were they really calling for me, or were they just trying to, you know, where whatever? But. Um, very, you know, interested, but this was the feedback I always got from division one coaches was to go the juco route that I needed to get stronger. I needed to build on my skills. Like I needed to like, just get better. Like I need to get better. Like they loved what they saw and they saw extreme potential in me. Um, but they wanted to play, like it always was, you know, every coach really is looking for no one's really looking for a role player. Like that's not actually the goal. Right. And so I did my role really well. Right. And I was a strong role player, but when you're recruiting people, you want like the best. I want somebody that can come in and score and defend. Right. And I want somebody that can make an impact right away. And so the feedback I always got from division one coaches was you're so, you know, you're right there, you have what you need, but you just like got to get better. And so, um, I had one division one coach who really talked to me about the JUCO route and had just said, "You go two, if you go two years junior college, you know, you get to work on your game, work out, do everything you'd be doing division one, just at really just not there, right? And then you'll come in and you'll be able to be a star. Like that was always like the story. Like then you're, you come in, you've had two years under your belt um, of training at a high level, and then you can come in and play. And so that was always kind of the feedback that I always got. Um, And, but I always, but on the flip to that is I had a lot of division two schools that were like, no, we want you now. Like we, you can come now. Like, and my feedback to them always was, I can't actually afford school. So if you can pay for my school, like I can come, but if you can't pay for my school all the way, then I can't come (laughs) like, um, and so I, went to, so actually a player that I played with when I was in seventh grade, Carolyn, she actually went the junior college route. And then she went and played at, I wanna say she played at Oklahoma or Oklahoma State from there. And so that always was in my back pocket, like my back pocket of just like Carolyn did that, like, and she's did went and she played and she was phenomenal, you know? And I always thought Carolyn was a high level player anyway. And so I connected with Carolyn about the school that she went to or something like that. Somehow Coach Erkenbrack got a hold of me and actually came to Minnesota. It was kind of just like, you come to our junior college. This is kind of what can happen and we can get you where you want to go. Um, and I wanted to leave Minnesota. Like I wanted to go somewhere else. None of the Division II schools in Minnesota sounded good to me. Right, like all my friends were going to like all these great places. I was like, I can't stay here. Like I gotta go somewhere else too, you know. And so that was really like what sold me was, well, I still have an opportunity. Um, I can go to junior college and they pay for everything. And suppose you know, Cloud County was a Division One junior college, played some of the best junior colleges in the nation. And so it was like, why not? So. I never actually even visit or anything. I went out and visit some schools on the East coast and et cetera. Um, and I remember just like, I'm going there. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go there. And that's how that kind of happened. And then um, I went to cloud and loved cloud. Um, I loved the community. I loved the um I met amazing people friends that I'm still friends with today I always also had my mindset like I was going to be a teacher and then I was going to be a principal like I already had my like career set like my life story written which if you know me that's probably not a surprise at all like this is how I'm going to do it and this is what I'm going to do and so school was important to me and so when I went to cloud I actually connected so well with my um teachers and professors and like really had a like a great experience the basketball was hard for me um I sprained my ankle like really bad right away never had an injury you know now I look back I'm kind of like you sprained your ankle girlfriend like you know you could have figured that one out a little better but you know that was like my first injury that like put me back um you know JUCO life for basketball is a little bit different like there was like 15 girls on the team you know like it kind of seemed like Oh, this is going to be your game. You get to play this game. But the next game, you might not play the whole game like, you know, it's just kind of different. But I had to learn a lot about myself, though, too. I don't think I was truly like mentally ready. But I wasn't ready to like um, be my own driver, if that makes sense. Like, I wasn't really ready to put to be, to put in the work, honestly, that needed to be put in to play at a high level, I kind of thought somebody was going to like, just, you know, help take me there. Um, And that wasn't actually the case. And so I had an amazing opportunity there to, to work and put in as much work as I possibly wanted. I mean, you could be in the gym until 5am if you wanted to be, you know, Um, I just didn't really have anybody training me I didn't have anybody working me out I, it was just kind of like on your own Um, and so again my mom was like Mandy you need to go somewhere that's going to pay for you because I cannot pay for you to go to school and I cannot sign off on any loans for you okay so you need to like you know figure this out and um, Drew Woods was the coach at Concordia and when I was in high school he would come watch me play and like just honestly like made a strong connection with him right away and he always said like come to Concordia like we want you to come to Concordia like you could play our style come to Concordia and I was like I'm not going to St. Paul that's like down the street (laughs) like I'm not going there and I met you know and it's kind of funny how it all worked out because I was at cloud and it must have been like a week where I didn't actually play a lot. Um, And I remember just feeling so frustrated and down, like, how am I not playing, you know, over these girls? Like, I definitely should have been playing. And it just like was an interesting experience, you know. And so he called me like, what's going on down there? And I was just like, man, I don't know. Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm doing it, you know, thinking I'm doing everything right. And, and he again was like, come to St. Paul, like come to Concordia, like you would play our style. Like here's some girls that are coming in next year. Like he had a couple of division one girls coming in and he's like, you would rock with them, like come here. And I remember just thinking about it. And I was just like my mom and also my mom and dad were coming down to Concordia, Kansas, like every month traveling, you know, knowing that that that's expensive and I was just like, you know, it would make my, their life if I came and played back closer. And, and I was like, he's going to help pay for my school, you know. And I, so I looked into their education um, department and he connected, me, connected with me with someone there. and She walked through like what it would take for me to get my teaching license right away. And it just all started to kind of make sense. And then I remember I called Drew and was like, OK, I'm coming. I really want to come now. And he was like, cool. And he literally like made it happen overnight, like made it happen. When I came home, signed all the papers like there, I was going to Concordia started workouts literally like a week or two after I got home from Kansas and it just from there went to my game, literally went to a whole nother level again. Like the training was way more intense. The just the opportunity was just um, better was just better and I remember thinking that that whole time I never wanted to go division two and never even knew what division two was about <laughs> like until I actually got in it um and had phenomenal years there and you know we good and bad we we had some great se- we had great seasons we had one season that you know Drew probably never wants to talk about ever again but <laughs> I learned a lot um Coach Fessler, like I ended up making strong connection with Coach Fess and the whole coaching staff and another coach that came along was Deb, um, Kashin came and joined the, um, coaching squad along the way. I did play with some girls that played division one and came down division two. And we, you know, kind of like a Richfield story, like could continue to help change Ooh. the narrative over there and, um, was one of the best teams in the conference and won a conference title and, um, yeah, just from there. And I was, the the unique part was I was able to like also accomplish my goals off the court at the same time. So it ended up being an amazing opportunity and experience for me and something like I would never change it. I would never change how it went and um, will be forever blessed and grateful that I went to Concordia when I did (laughs) with the coaching staff that I had and forever will be grateful for Drew Woods because he really was the one that like believed in me and saw me like the whole time.
0: (laughs) I'm sure the two of you have had some fun. It's funny how you talked about being adamantly opposed to the idea of playing college basketball at home and you end up at Concordia, played three years there and it sounds like you had the best three years of your life as a basketball athlete.
1: Yeah, yep. And my mom and dad literally came to like every game too. (laughs) So even better, right? Even better. Um, and that was actually, that's a a huge blessing with it because I think no matter where I would have been, they would have done whatever they could have to be there. And so this made life a lot easier.
0: How do you think that helped you grow as an athlete? And as a person, you mentioned how it also propelled your teaching career. And now you're an assistant principal, if I remember correctly. So I'm sure you and everyone else knows when you play this sport, there will be a time where you hang it up, whether it comes in high school, college, or the pros. How do you think your experience at Concordia playing division two and getting that chance to learn something about yourself? This woman who didn't want to play in her backyard ends up having the time of her life there. How do you think all of that helped you grow?
1: Mm. Um. I think there was one thing about my like athletic career, like my basketball career is like, I don't ever feel like I was ever given anything. like you know, I had to work extremely hard at Concordia to like play. Um, And that, like, just kind of that, like, just you, you get, once it becomes like, okay, this is how I have to do things. And this is how I do it. And it becomes like who you are. I think, you know, it transforms through everything I did. And I always had a little bit of that, but I think all these different basketball experiences really like helped fine tune that. And so I would say like, I always grinded, like no matter what, like I did, you know, 18 credits plus every semester, you know, I was doing the student teaching and everything else. Like I was taking the night classes and doing all, like I did what I had to do all the time, like and never questioned it. and I also was like, a, am a people's person too. So I always tried to make sure I still had strong connections with my coaches and, you know, probably, they probably might say I might've been over the top sometimes and, you know, just, and I'll, even like our trainers, everybody, like I always had strong relationships. And so I would say that my ex- experiences also helped me understand the value in relationships um and then value in like keeping people in your circle and like working with people and under- trying to figure out how to work with people i think I've str- i have that was a hard lesson to learn you know throughout my basketball career is like when you um disagree or you don't feel like someone understands you or you don't understand them like how to actually like figure that out like you can actually you can actually figure that out you know <laughs> um and you don't so that was something that i think i learned too and like um I don't know. I think that also, I would say my biggest thing is just that, that like work ethic and just like, if this is my goal, like how to get it done and you get it done and you do it.
0: After you called it a career after your Concordia years, how did you stay involved in the sports? I know you've gone to a lot of games with your sister-in-law, I presume with, her WNBA career and pj of course playing overseas now coaching but how did you stay involved in basketball even though you knew you were ready to transition from basketball to an education career
1: yeah um well i remember actually when i graduated from college um i didn't actually keep a strong connection at ridgefield um And so I never actually had like any like desire to go back and like coach at Ridgefield. And I remember a lot of people asking me like are you gonna go back to Ridgefield? And I was like, no, like I'm not. (laughs) Um, And I was still growing and still figuring out, you know, who I was and stuff. And so um, then with Taylor being home actually kind of got me back into NC Heat. And so that was Morgan's years And so I actually started to go back to Morgan's practices, the NC Heat practices and work with the girls um, that summer and even like help coach and stuff. And I remember all of a sudden I was at AAU tournaments and stuff and it was just like just kind of happened that way. And so that's kind of how I started. And then, you know, um, when PJ and I got together, he's got a daughter, Sine, as we kind of spoke about a little bit. So, you know, Nene always, you know, Nene is mine now. And and I took her on immediately. And so actually Monique, who is uh, PJ's mom, mother, her and I started to coach the younger girls together. Um, which I would say, you know, we are undefeated. We probably were the best coaching staff throughout the Hill family, just to note that one. Um, We coached for a couple of years together, the young girl, so Angel's age and Nene played up with her and PJ was overseas. And so Monique and I actually coached the girls. We did summer and winter league and there all of a sudden again, I was back in the gym (laughs) coaching, and I didn't even, that wasn't even really part of the plan necessarily, or I didn't, I didn't really know how basketball was going to really fit back into my life. Um, I remember the first year I graduated, I went back to Concordia and went to a handful of games, Um, but, you know, once you're done and you walk away, it's, it's just different. It's extremely different right away when you, and you don't understand that until you do it, and so then it was, you know, that just didn't seem like, you know, I was done. It just didn't seem like, It just was different. So it was different to be on the other side. And so it just kind of happened that way. And now with Sine, you know, we're in PJ, like we're a straight basketball family. And um, she's been playing since she was in second grade. And so now PJ started um, an AAU team for her in fourth grade, she ended up getting her own team. And I've coached with P all the way until last year. And the only reason why I had to stop coaching is because I don't think it's fair for Sine to have her mom and her dad on the bench. <laughs> so, and him and I are both as intense. And so, you know, it was very, I probably should have made the decision sooner than I did um, to like, okay, I'll be be your mom and I'll sit over there now. <laughs> so so now I'm on the other side. I was, I'm i not, I'm still just as intense. Honestly, I haven't figured that one out too much, but Um, So now I'm just kind of a mom and, you know, we work her out. I try to work her out. She works out with me like we do, like, just like uh like working out but like her dad trains her you know I always say like let me train you she's like no mom it's okay you know it's okay mom like she doesn't necessarily really want me to train her but she still can't beat me just so we make that one clear as well like I always tell her you still can't beat me it's coming though it's coming she's she's good she's got a good skill set and she's growing her passion and love for the game like Every day it's getting like bigger and bigger. So soon she's going to be sick of me saying that. Like, no, you can't. It's going to be rough for me probably. But um, we have fun as a family, like PJ Sine and I, like we we play a lot and we'll, we'll go to the gym and shoot and play each other a lot. So it's still here with me. I'm not coaching. Um, I don't know if I ever will coach, but we'll see. It probably like my kids like I'll continue to coach my kids but I don't know if I'll coach like uh I don't know if I really have a desire to like coach a whole team um so we'll see
0: Mandy I, I might have a suggestion for you if you want to fulfill that coaching or training itch of yours have you talked with Taylor about perhaps training Maurice
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maurice would probably laugh at me like what are I actually, Maurice and I work on like academics together. He's extremely smart. He's going into first grade and we're doing like end of the year, second grade things together. So Taylor does a good job of keeping him going in like everything. So I think in his mind, he sees me as like school. So does Sine like your school mom. Like I could do all my school with you. Like dad's basketball, your school. Like, you know, so he might actually kind of kind of laugh at me but i should <laughs> i'm going to bring that up like i'm ready to start training like
0: i mean that's a little i mean to me it's like that's a little disrespectful like you're the school person like
1: I know i think like, it's because you know you, pj like, basketball is life oh, like,
0: for pj so oh, mandy you know what after we're done <laughs> I know we've talked about this. We're going to get together. I'll grab your tapes and then I'll run through all the clips from high school and college just to remind Maurice and Sinead and all the others that you're not just the school person. You you were a baller.
1: Exactly. Right. I was actually going through some old things. My mom's got some bins of like old things and I was going through some things Um, and I had like broke the school record for the 400 meter, um, dash and track and all these other different things at Ridgefield, like, you know, and I was like sending pictures and stuff like, see, see what I did? Like, see, I told you, I know what I'm doing. Like <laughs> trying to build my credibility a little bit, but yeah, I know Nene and it's just how it is. You know, I'm mom, I'm just I'm just mom. Like mom, you don't have to do all those serious things, you know, just be mom. <laughs> and that was another reason why I had to stop coaching because it was like, no, I'm not mom right now. I'm your coach. <laughs> like this is what you need to be doing.
0: (laughs) My other thought too, when you mentioned Sine's competitive desires, remember, I think she has a little more of a fire after she beat two of her aunts this past year when Washburn and South split their season series. And I went to Jade and Adalia's graduation party where I saw you and PJ got to say hi to everyone for a couple minutes because, well, the Hill family has either... I'm not sure. I don't think they're smart enough to file a restraining order against me when they should have years ago because I keep going to all their games. No, I tease, I tease. But PJ told me not will not let Jade or Angel forget the fact that at least one time, it may never happen again due to the age difference. But well, we'll see. Jade, uh, of course, she's in college now, but no matter what, Sinead will always have that one time where she beat her.
1: Yeah, that is like a big deal, isn't it? I mean it's we all kind of laugh because it's kind of like yeah that happened like that really happened but it's actually a really big deal (laughs) so no we are Nene yeah Nene won't let none of us will forget it I don't think it just was like wow Um, and Nene needed that too you know she needed that for her confidence and in her game and um, she's always, always, this has always been her mindset. Like, I will never be able to beat Angel and I will never be able to beat Jade. Like they're so good, you know. Like in her mind, they're just so so they are very, very good. But I mean, like in her mind, like, you know, like I don't even want to like practice against them. They're just so good. And so I think it was good for her to see, like, okay, look, May, you can play too. Like, You've been playing alongside of them all these years, but she just kind of thinks she's always been in the back seat. You know, I'm like you, you were on Angel's team for a long time. Like you can play with them. So it was kind of cool. It was very cool, not kind of cool. It was very cool.
0: I wish I was there for it. I had to sit out this past winter. Uh, yeah. Because of, uh, health reasons, I live with a couple of higher risk individuals. So I had to play things more cautiously. Yeah. So I wish I could have been there and watched today. Yeah. But like you said, that can be a big deal. And I've had siblings, or I should say I've had guests who've had siblings, and you hear some of the stories on how if you have a younger brother or sister, sometimes that inferiority complex starts to settle in. And Obviously, I would never want to say who is better between Sine and Jade and Angel. And I, even with Paige, I'm going, there will never be another Paige Beckers because each athlete brings their own skill set and legacy. So I would never compare you to Jessica January, for example, because the two of you had uh, a different approach to the game, but you made it work. Uh, but to hear that and knowing what that did for Sinead, I imagine that's really going to fuel her motivation. Knowing that if I'm good enough to beat my two aunts, you know, the 12th grader and seventh grader, the seventh grader beats the 12th grader, and who knows? It's like if I can beat them, then maybe I can beat Olivia Olson or I'm trying to think who else, some, maybe someone from the Hopkins squad. You never know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that was big time. I wasn't actually there either. I was watching on my computer. Um, with my dad. And yeah, it was even on our end, not even being there was like so exciting. We were like, what just happened? Oh my gosh. I was and the crazy part was, as I was videotaping that last like two minutes on my phone, which, you know, I don't know why, because it's like online and you can just have it, but you know, like in the moment you're like, I can't miss this. I can't miss this. And so I was videotaping and I actually did not press record when they passed the ball in and I missed the whole thing. So I'm like screaming at myself because I didn't have it on tape and then I'm like screaming at the tv and then my dad's screaming and like it was just it was something I was like those were one of those moments where you wish you would have had a camera in the room because I'm sure it just looked ridiculous but um, our energy was high and I know you know PJ and Sinead talk about how the gym was just like the same way so very cool moment for her for sure
0: Oh, Mandy, you've given me an idea. So when I get to the chance to cover Sinead in a game, I'm going to have one of my camera ops find you and we'll have a Mandy cam just to see. <laughs> my reaction. Just to see, yeah. because y- y- your husband is the coach. He's going to be the coach. He's the mentor, if you will. And you just get to be the supportive the fan. The crazy mom. Mom. the crazy mom fan. Yes.
1: Yeah, and the I crazy. am, really, I am. The crazy, I do. <laughs> Sorry the crazy. not my my best you know character is I just can't even help myself I think you just you just you know when you you just can't when you know the game you just know the game so you just can't even help yourself like I literally can't help myself and I tell her all the time this is just just you just this is just how it's gonna be you just gotta figure it out
0: <laughs> I can relate to that Mandy for a completely different reason I've said I would be a terrible fan now because I I've told folks, I don't go to games if I'm, if I'm not covering them, not because I don't care or I don't you know, support these athletes, but I always find myself with my background in writing and broadcasting. I was a WNBA beat writer for 10 years, got to cover all four links titles. I've been covering high school games for way too long.
1: You can't turn it off.
0: <laughs> no, I can't. So if I'm going as a spectator, I'm like, how would I have called this? What would I have talked about? Like, what kind of storyline would I have... <laughs> I've noticed too and covering AAU it's different because it's different when you're the the neutral media the evaluator I guess Uh, basketball analyst is my role I don't know how I got that title Uh, apparently people think I know what I'm talking about no you do do. (laughs) do. Uh, but it is surreal to see the stark difference between parents who are there for their kids and I know you read about how that can go overboard and so I try not to say much but it is kind of weird because I'm just there I'm I say what I see but my reputation is not dependent on how any of these teams or players do so for me I feel a relief because hey I show up I'm getting paid to watch basketball all day (laughs) I can't think of a better day's work
1: yeah and you get to walk away no absolutely I will say I mean, I think there's some different pockets of parents out there I am like that intense like I'm on my daughter, like, get out there and do something today get out there you can do it like you know like she'll get out there and go hard and like I'm her biggest fan but also going to push her. I don't ever truly worry about the other team and the other girls and things like that. Like, you know, like there's always a there's always something you can do. There's always a response, right? Like, so if they're hitting threes or they're doing whatever, like there's always a response you can. So that's where my mind really goes. Um, sometimes I get on the refs a little bit, but I try not to as much anymore, you know, but um, that's, I don't worry about the other team. You'll come across some families and some parents, they're so worried about us. Or like the players on the our team, or you know, like you're just worried about the wrong things. Just worry about your your team, like and your player, like that's it. Um, and we've been to some AAU tournaments or families, like parents, get in fights. Like it, it's intense. It's it, You you gotta pick which role you're gonna play out there for sure because it's a whole game for parents too. Um, and I don't really truly may might have it probably was like though. When I was younger, too, but it's like, you know, everybody wants to see their child be the best. And of course, that's every, you know, your goal is for them to be the best that they can be. Um, And sometimes that can be misinterpreted out there for sure.
0: You talked about getting on the refs, and I can't even do that because I'm friends with some of them now. (laughs) Because much like, much like now
1: you know them and stuff, they know you personally. It's like okay, yeah, okay, (laughs) that was a travel, but I'll let it go. Like,
0: (laughs) well, and for me, it much like coaches and parents, these -hmm. officials they see me, and this isn't just like some NFHS stream. And not to knock on them because (laughs) that was better than nothing this past year, but when they see my setup and i've got the multiple cameras interviews all of that sometimes the officials take notice and you know they want to get better too so they're hitting me up for game film and then i end up forging (laughs) friendships with them so i couldn't even i've always said i'll speak my mind so if there's a call i don't agree with i'll say that but i could never get on them because like hey they're my friends too and like we don't we don't talk anything like We talk about anything but the game they call when we meet up. So (laughs) it's a small world. One of my good friends said you meet a lot of people through this thing called basketball, and that's what keeps you coming back.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think some of my strongest relationships and connections are definitely through basketball.
0: Well, one of them, I believe, one of them became your husband, I presume. So. Yes. I'm never going to let you forget that, Mandy. Well, I, <laughs> I know. not I know. that you need my reminders because you get to see him every t- <laughs> I
1: know. Well, it was kind of funny when I was telling him about this opportunity and he was like, oh, well, wow, you know, like, that's great. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I think I'm doing it because of you, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, but thanks. <laughs> I was like, but, yeah. You know, he's-
0: you mean this podcast or some of the other stuff you're doing?
1: Uh, no, the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I think it's more because of you, but- I'll take
0: it. (laughs) Well, let me make it clear, Mandy. I would never use you to get to PJ or anyone or Taylor, for example, because I started this, I think I told you this, as a way to document oral history, especially for athletes like yourself who grew up in the time before Instagram, Snapchat, and all these reels. So a lot of stories out there. You've got a few newspaper clippings that you shared with me, but- in my mind of going hey you've got a story too and of course your husband has spoken the world about you and all of the obstacles you've had to clear to get to where you are both in sports and health everything so i thought hey this is worthy of accommodation so yes you've had some highs and lows but let's take a moment to celebrate what you've accomplished and what you've contributed to the sport of basketball
1: I love that. Thank you. And I I will say I'm appreciative of this opportunity. And even all last night, I was like, it helped me like just kind of reminisce like, you know, what my, you know, life was before mom, being mom and um, just like my, yeah, my basketball career and just all the relationships and things that I learned along the way and just very grateful. So thank
0: you. Well, if you have a few moments, there are a couple of things I like to address with all of my guests. Yeah. Just for fun. So I'll begin with this, Mandy. Throughout your athletic career, what was your most exciting moment and your most embarrassing moment?
1: Oh, oh um, my most exciting. I will really say that Um, in high school, we beat some big teams in like that was a really big deal. Like we put in a lot of like work and our coach like mentally prepared us. Like it was just like in Richfield, the whole community was on board. Like I know you said a couple of times, like, you know I didn't get the recognition and stuff maybe at like a high level but I will say like in the Richfield community that felt like a lot to me. Like that felt like high level, like high level recognition in some in so many words um, because there was such a strong support system there um, and the coaches did a great job of just like, keeping us out there. And I remember we did like extra practices and like, you know, we started to watch film. No, but we did not do that in Ridgefield girls basketball, like until then, like we were doing big things and like making history. And our coach always did a, Leanne Wise always did a really good job of like bringing that to light. And I remember when we beat Wyzetta once, like, That was such a big deal. And like our parents, like there would be food afterwards and like, you know, huge celebrations. And so we beat Eden Prairie, I think I said that before. Like some of those big games, bigger games for us where it was like a really big deal. Like, so that was always so much fun. I'll never forget the time that we played Skylar Diggins in AAU. We in Indiana. We were in Indiana, I think. We played Skylar Diggins, and I remember having to guard her. And Paul Hill, who was my coach, being like, "She's left-handed. Get on her left side." And I remember just like how dialed in and like focused, and how like big of a deal that was to me. And then to see her like succeed at, you know, like we we always knew she was like, you know, going to be. She was amazing then. But then to like see her like at her college career, like I always was like, wow, like I played against her. Like that was a big deal, you know? Um, and that was, I just remember that tournament and like just high level players that were there and like seeing them go on and play later on, like felt really cool to say like, you know, I was kind of in the mix of that. Um, so that was kind of cool. And then in college we had some, just just winning the conference title and stuff. Like those were all like, amazing moments, I think, just those big, those big wins, they're always fun and exciting. Um, And you said embarrassing. Here's an embarrassing moment um, that happened to me in high school, and I don't even know if I really want to admit this, but this did happen. I was just, you know, was this was not smart that my IQ was this was an area of growth for me and I was guarding the girl passing the ball in, and I like totally turned my back to her why I don't know if I thought I was going to get like a steal or something and the girl literally threw the ball off my back and came and bounced and took the ball and went out to the three-pointer and shot a three as I'm chasing out there and she made it so yeah that's embarrassing and I still haven't forgot that <laughs> I don't know why my whole back was to her, and I don't know what I was actually thinking. in. she was a smart player too; like it was not. And literally chased her out to the three-point line, and then she made it. <laughs> That's embarrassing.
0: I, Mandy, I've, I've I've seen it. No, and I laugh because it's one of those things you can laugh at years later. But I know what you're talking about, and I think I've said this sometimes in basketball. I always give props to players on inbounds. I'm going, hey, if you see a defender with your back turned, it's as long reality. as you get as long as it get it off somebody, mm-hmm. that ball's in play. You can go get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately. And I you remember on the- in the
1: moment all I could think about was the movie Like Mike. Like, wow, that just happened to me. <laughs> like, that was really embarrassing. <laughs>
0: So I'm guessing when you play Sine, you have never let that happen when Sine is inbounding. You always make sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, actually, that was like a lesson she learned at like eight. <laughs> like I could have used that, you know.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing, though, that never happened after that moment. You never did that again.
1: No, no, never See, again.
0: Like you said, it was an area of growth because if that happened again, I would have been worried. But you made sure it never happened again. That's the important thing. Yeah. I was looking through some of your old bios, and this plays off another question I ask of my guests. So I understand. I don't know if this still holds up, but when you were still playing at Concordia, let's see if this is true now, you have an affinity for the color purple.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I was younger, I was a little bit more obsessed with it than I am now, but it's still my favorite color, yes.
0: Well, on a related note, you may have seen this question in the breakdown books that come out every year. And I'd like to ask this of my older guests, too, because you never know, it might open a portal to another story. But what would you say is the most unusual thing about yourself that people wouldn't necessarily know if they met you for the first time?
1: Oh. Unusual. Um... unusual I don't know maybe I think like I um, I'm a people's person and I love like I'm an extrovert for sure but I also like extremely need order and structure and so sometimes like that doesn't always like go hand in hand right like you know if you're more of an extrovert you're like go with the flow and as much as an extrovert as I am I'm not always go with the flow like if it doesn't actually have a plan <laughs> like, or some structure and it doesn't, if it doesn't make sense to me, I actually don't like, I don't mesh well, which that's, I've had to actually learn about myself. Um, like why, you know, like just why is this bothering me or why does this feel uneasy, you know, and it's because it feels messy to me and I don't do well with mess. Um, so I don't know if that's like unusual. I th- I do personally think it's a little unusual, like it doesn't actually go with that like, um, like extrovert kind of like mindset necessarily. Um, but on the flip like I like you get me into a space with people like so I, like I always joke about this, but this is a real thing like PJ and I are like literally the same person when it comes to like that social aspect. He actually might be a little bit more than me now. I think I've become more reserved. He's still more like out there. Um, But we show up and we'll be in different spaces because we both want to talk and we can't actually be in the same conversation because we will over talk each other. (laughs) Like for real, (laughs) because we both love to talk. (laughs) So we actually need to be in different spaces and be talking to different people because we both love to talk that much. Um, so like that guy, like that's, you know, I get, and I get energized off people in conversation, but I also like need structure. He does not need structure though. Like he can go with the, he's the most go with the flow person and like can figure it out in the moment. And I'm like, hold up. Like even just like our daily plans, I have to literally say to him, like, so what is the plan today? And what time does that start? I need a time. Like, and he's always just like serious, like, you know, like it's just extra work for him because he doesn't actually need that. Like he can, he just goes, 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 and he just figures it out. And that's, you know, his his strength. So I don't know, that's a long explanation for that. But I would say that's probably the most unusual, or the thing that I've been learning the most about myself that does seem unusual.
0: Well, Maddie, I always say there are no wrong answers. Usually when I ask that question, you know, I guess will, share like a skill or a talent or hobby that people might not necessarily expect but that is an amusing answer
1: yeah I got nothing really
0: but I'll tell you what that lengthy explanation that lengthy response did give me an idea because no 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 I'm serious uh, because I started a spinoff that was based off the GQ couples quiz videos. And it, since you said you and PJ <laughs> like to talk, I'm like, I might have to get the two of you together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could do that for sure.
0: You, you, we'll have like, well, I'll probably need to schedule an entire day's worth because I'll have like 20 questions and it's going to lead to 20 different stories because the two of you will,
1: <laughs> I oh,
0: can yeah. see it. <laughs>
1: So, 20 questions for sure
0: 20 <laughs> questions that'll take 20 hours to complete so you might you might have to call up taylor hey can you watch the kids for a bit BJ and i are gonna be talking <laughs> i'm gonna be in so much trouble <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like you know what? that but that that way the two of you can be in the same room you don't have to worry about talking over each other because that will be the whole point
1: yeah that will what? Be the, right, that's funny. that. R- would be
0: Mandy, cool. why why are you doing this to me? You can't plant new ideas in my head because I'm going to go <laughs> after them.
1: <laughs> yeah, we could do that. That would be interesting. I'm actually curious how that will turn out.
0: <laughs> I think it'd be a fun twist, too, because I know PJ was on uh, Brianna Edwards' podcast recently, and they talked, of course, about their connection with sports and what they're doing since then. So I'm like, I don't want to repeat what Brianna did. And I'm like, this would be fun. And <laughs> Uh, it, again, goes back to how small this community is because Brianna, I said she was this close to going to South, but decided to stick it North and, mm-hmm. uh, just crazy to think anyway, where was I? Oh, <laughs> that was another question. Mandy, you keep this up. I'm going to be running on all sorts of tangents, but mm-hmm. I, I appreciate okay.
1: it. That's well, all right. I got some more time.
0: <laughs> you've got more time and you love to talk. So this is the perfect, uh. environment for it (laughs) truly (laughs) (laughs) but with everything you've experienced both in sports and in life as we noted you've had a lot of highs you've had a lot of lows you've had some scares you've had to endure a lot to get here but you're still here in one piece and still making the most of it so with everything you've experienced what would you tell a younger version of yourself
1: hmm I would probably tell myself, I think for me, more of the learning or, or, could have been the, the mental piece and the emotional piece. Um, and so I think I could have figured it out on the court. Like, I think that I just needed the right, you know, but the right, as, as I continued to have different coaches, I learned more and did more. And so I think on the court, I think skill wise, I could have figured it out more just that way, but I think more, um, like mentorship maybe for that like emotional piece and that like mental piece I think I would just tell myself like it's okay to be uncomfortable and I think that I always had this like um, you know like I needed to be a certain way or a certain person and I think like I didn't know what to do when I was uncomfortable and I think that played a role in just kind of like who I was as a player a little bit, too. So that would probably be my biggest thing. Um, and then, of course, like work harder. <laughs> like You could work, you know, like you could actually be really good. Just keep going like or you could be better, you know, or like things like that. Keep working out, keep doing those kind of things. Um, but like you said at the beginning, like my story is just my story. And like I, I really, truly wouldn't change too much about it. Um I think things have worked out the way they're supposed to work out, but I think just more like, that's what I try to pour into Sine too is just that like social, emotional support piece of all of it, because um, you get tied in and, and you don't. And as, as a young girl, you don't know, like you just don't know. And so um, you're just easily influenced, or you think you have to be a certain way or, you know, like, et cetera. And like, there's growth in everything. So that'd be it probably.
0: And off of that, you speak of the emotional, mental support, and I think that's a big deal. We got a glimpse of that with the Olympics recently. Simone Biles comes to mind, Naomi Osaka, and her having to take a break from tennis. And we touched on this as well with the pressure that comes with everything athletes like Sine have to go through now, Mm -hmm. where... You have to fight off this feeling that if you're not getting looked at, if you're not getting offers, you and I'm sure you read and hear about the tweets and the posts when kids do get offers, which is something I never would have thought of when you and I were in high school. I was a few <laughs> years before you. I was never good enough to be an athlete, so I had to find another way to get to college, which I did, but there's a lot of pressure facing these kids and I think it can create this overwhelming sensation because if they're not the leading score then something might, might be wrong with them if they're not getting a power five offer yeah d2 d3 I and can't
1: even actually imagine being a young kid right now like in the social media like is on a whole nother level um even Sine, she's going into eighth grade and literally we've had a million people. And I know a lot of like great concern or whatever, or, you know, not, not anything. Like I always try to believe positive intent, like nothing, not for a, a negative reason, but she gets this question all the time. And it's taken a toll on her, like mentally, honestly, like what school are you going to? like what school are you gonna go to? What school are you gonna go to? What school are you gonna go to? I'm like, Nene, remember you're going into eighth grade. Like it's actually okay that you still go to your community school right now. Like, you know, we'll figure it out. Like you're going to be okay, you know? And like that, like just that, like, I'm like that is like such a big deal and I get it. Like, you know, and as a parent you wanna be strategic with your child and just set them, put them in spaces where they can be successful however you want them to be successful. But just that, like, and she's like, you know, coming to me, like, mom, have you figured out what school I'm going to go to? Like, have you figured out what school I'm going to go to? Like, you know, and she hears of these school, you know, schools that want her to come and things like that. But like, you know, where we live and like our PJ's job, my job, like, it's not like, Nene, I can't drive you all the way over there to go to school. Like, and you're in going into eighth grade, honey, like, you're okay. So I can't even imagine even like the social media, like, um, I remember there was some pressure earlier this year of like making her a social media to like um, show her highlights and stuff and I was like no <laughs> like, I'm not making her a social media right now and I'm not managing that and she doesn't need like that like she doesn't need to be focused on that right now like if that's something her dad wants to take on like he can do that or whatever but like she doesn't need to do that like it's just so much pressure you know like so, I don't even know where we were going with this, but I just agree with the pressure and like you know, and I didn't have to live in that social media like time frame. Thank goodness, um, because just just without all that, there was always like a lot of pressure. Um, and like I said before, to me, it started like so fun, and um, it ended fun definitely, but ended serious too. And it has to get serious if you want to be serious about it for sure. But. Um, yeah. Just interesting. It's interesting. And just the, the amount of like, I think that emotional and that mental health piece does play a role. I mean, I was never, I was never like depressed or anything like that, but just like to understand things more deeply. Like I would have loved to understand things more a little bit deeply that would have helped me in my own thinking um, as I continued on and progressed. And, and I think that would have easily like uh, played a role in my uh, on the court too.
0: It took me a minute to realize when you said, what school is today going to? I was thinking college. And then you reminded me, she's in eighth grade. And I'm like, oh, that's right. She hasn't enrolled in a high school yet.
1: And we, or, we live in South Minneapolis. So, you know, it's like a just an interesting space to be in. Like, do we move and, you know, go to a school that's got better basketball program? Do we put her into private, you know? And I'm like, I don't really want to pay for private school in eighth grade. Like, could we wait till she gets to high school? Like, you know, like different things like that. Like, you know, so I, I get it. It's something we do need to figure out, but um, I don't, she doesn't need to figure that out like her parents do.
0: <laughs> and I was saying, or I think my thought was, hey, you never know where she ends up. Maybe she ends up at a Hopkins or a Ha, or she could make a, Name for herself elsewhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, Lots I think, look
0: what you did for Richfield, what Taylor did for Minneapolis South. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Someone has to be the trailblazer, but no matter mm-hmm. where Sinead goes, I'll find a way to cover her games. That's what I always uh, say. Uh, but I was thinking she had college offers already, and maybe she does, but I think I agree with you you want to give her some space and if she's looking for highlights I mean I can help with that so she doesn't need a social media account just call me up I'll I'll throw some clips together
1: (laughs) all right there you go I will Uh, tell her she is all good don't worry
0: (laughs) it's like well you remember the video is what I do Mm -hmm. That's, that's my claim to fame but the point I was going to make related to your career at Richfield you ended your school career on a high note you were one of the leading scorers but not the leading score i think pamela january was but as we noted before you were the first one to get to a thousand at concordia you weren't (laughs) the leading scorer there either you had some great games uh i'm looking at your career stats 6.3 points 4.9 rebounds that might not jump out at fans who are looking for the next big thing And that was the point I was trying to make with mental health and this overwhelming sense of pressure that you've spoken of. I think people get so caught up with some of the stories you're hearing about Paige Beckers and now Olivia Olson at Benilde St. Margaret's, Adalia McKenzie who was Miss Basketball and deservedly so. They get a lot of attention and Mm -hmm. that can start to weigh on kids who are maybe trying to get there and wondering if I don't score this many points, or get this many rebounds. Am I good enough? But
1: that's uh, what I thought. That's what I thought kidding. of you
0: It's because uh, maybe you have a message or something to say, because here is someone you did well. Let's not, let's not discredit what you did because you did well enough to get to college, but you weren't the star athlete, but you found a way to have fun. You found a way to make it work. And it helped prepare you for the world that's out there and so I'm wondering if you would have any advice for athletes who might be listening to this who maybe end up in your position where yeah. they find a way to go d1 d2 or whatever, but maybe they're not the leading score maybe they're not on all of the first team awards things like that that makes sense
1: yeah, no, absolutely. I'm kind of giggling because I didn't even
0: know those stats, but thank
1: you. <laughs> I didn't Most know players I
0: don't. Sure. I don't even, the only <laughs> way I know, and like I tell folks all the time, I will research oh, the no, numbers okay. for a game. As soon as that that's done, I forget about it. I have to look it back yeah. up again because I know players, they don't care about that stuff. I interrupted though. What were you going to say?
1: No, I was just going to say, I think that kind of ties into my answer though, is that, um, if you would have asked me at Richfield that I wasn't the leading, like if you would have told me I wasn't the leading scorer at Richfield I probably wouldn't have even believed you to be honest because like my mindset was just like, my mindset was like we're doing something and I'm doing something. And so like that didn't matter I guess necessarily to me. I think at the end of the game we were always like so happy for each other and like we were winning. Like when you're winning it's all good, right? Doesn't matter who necessarily scores those points. And I think for me, my advice would be is um, to just stay focused on the experience and, and remember that like you play a role in that experience. So it doesn't, if you're not scoring all the points, like what, what is your role and do your role really well. Like that's gonna like make you a better person make you a better athlete. Like basketball is so much more than just on the court Um, like I was always a leader. Like I was always a leader. I was always, you know, the voice that was heard. I was always the one picking up everybody. I was always the one carrying us. So to me, I was the, you know, top player. Like that was just how I carried myself, even if I wasn't scoring all the points. Um, And that to me took me into other spaces in life, you know, like, so I would, my advice would just be like, embrace every experience because those experiences are going to make you you know who you are in the end and like you continue to be and you're going to rely on those experiences um and really rely on those lessons there's a lesson in everything you know a lesson in the good and there's a lesson in the bad um and just don't get discouraged don't get discouraged because like i think you you speak really highly on this everybody's got a story and you get to make your story what it is. And like, I think for me, I went over to NC Heat and was like, you know, not the star player. And I got to just like learn and build off of people that were playing at a high level. And then I got to flip over to Richfield and then be that, that high level player and be that leader and carry that team and that program. Um, and so I got to wear many hats. Um, and I think you figure out what, what's important to you. and obviously scoring, nobody wants a post player that can't score anything. Like scoring is obviously very important, but I also found other ways to contribute and I like took pride in the player that I was. Um, I don't know. I would just say like, stay, how do you, how do you stay focused on yourself and build yourself, embrace yourself through every experience?
0: That's a, Really good way of putting it, Mandy. And again, just something the older I get, I've said the one thing that I regret, but as you noted, it's a growth learning experience, all of that. So without those bumps, you don't understand what you know as you get older. But the early version of me that covered Taylor and some of these high profile athletes wished I was a little more cognizant or empathetic to everything they're dealing with. And that's why I bring up the question because there's only so many points, only so many minutes to be had in basketball. Maybe you won't score most of them or you won't get the majority of them, but there are other ways to contribute, and If you think critically, there are a lot of benefits that go beyond the stat sheets and what your list of awards says, all of that. I mean, if you had the chance to go pro, like some of your friends did, I'm sure you would jump at that opportunity, but I think it's also important to understand that basketball is just a part of you and that win loss record ultimately goes out the window when you decide to venture into another career or stay involved in the sport. We get so wrapped up in that and yeah, There's a, so much more to it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I will take like, you know, I took a lot of, I had a lot of pride in who I was off the court um, too. And I think I played a significant role on all my teams I played on off the court. Um, just like in my leadership, being a being a leader and being outspoken and um, being, you know, trying to be everybody's friend and, you know, maybe took some more pride on a lot of those social things, but Um, that was a big deal to me, you know, so, and that has helped me be who I am today and also be in the spaces that I am today too. Yeah. And I think you just, everybody's story is different and you want to walk away feeling like you had an impact and, um, you know, that you feel good about it. Um, there's not many things that I walked away from that I necessarily felt bad about. So you know, my mom and dad might argue different because like, you know, in their eyes, I was the best player, you know, so they might argue a little bit differently. But no, it was all you figure it out. Yeah, I played an interesting role, I think, in in all my different basketball opportunities. So kind of neat to reflect on. So thank you.
0: And as we're reflecting on this, Mandy, I'm coming to the realization that I clearly would not belong with the parents or family members <laughs> because I'm the guy that's like, oh, I hope everyone does well. It's like, how was your day? And yeah. I've, and I'm not afraid to say this to players past and present. I've said, I don't care if you never score another point. Yeah. And I would say that with Jade and Adalia, kids who are starting their college careers or yeah. folks like yourself and PJ and Taylor, like I would it wouldn't bother me if you never scored another point again because i remember these interactions these moments that signal friendships that's what i'm going to take with Absolutely. me far more than how many titles you won how many awards did you get and if whether or not you won miss basketball because like hey <laughs> they're just titles but that One doesn't define that your character Amy
1: does phenomenally it's like she shows her character off the court and i will say like just listening to Sine and these young girls like they notice that they hear that they see that like they want to be her not just on the court but they want to be her off off the court too and like that goes a long way like not only is she a phenomenal player (laughs) um but she's she carries herself as a phenomenal young lady um and you can see that and so that that's it's a big deal we talk about that a lot in our house like um who you how are you approachable like and how you perceive yourself and and how you interact with people and the relationships you build, those, those those things are also very important. So, so many big life things.
0: And who knows, maybe one day we'll be talking about Sine in the same uh, sentence as Paige Beckers. Uh, there's a long way to go before we get there. <laughs> it sounds like no matter what, you'll continue to be the intense, crazy mom cheering her on from the bleachers. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> absolutely. You'll be the intense, crazy fan, and while well, her dad is going to be the one that steers, yeah, <laughs> the ship.
1: Yeah. Oh, i g- though, we were just in Iowa a couple weekends ago, and we brought the baby to his first tournament, and um, he, of course, needed to watch. He couldn't sit in the stroller, needed to watch the game the whole time. So I'm holding him the whole time, and I'm like moving like my head to the side, trying to say something. I just was like, just give it up, Mandy. Like you cannot yell right now, <laughs> like the way you want to yell. <laughs> You just give it up
0: <laughs> not yet in yeah. a but year or two
1: year, we'll be back
0: i do want to leave you with this since you do hold membership in this first family of women's basketball in minnesota who do you think well, i guess this will be a two-part question because there's so many hills and offshoots <laughs> of them but have you ever considered an intra-family scrimmage? Who would team up in that scenario, and who do you think would come out on top?
1: Mm, my team, because I never would say I lose. So, that's <laughs> but who will be
0: on your team? Uh, <laughs> because, like,
1: I will put PJ.
0: I was going to say for there's, sure. There's
1: PJ, PJ. There's is, Tanisha. I put P for sure because you know what PJ does is he's a well, I already told you he's a talker, but he knows how to like. Manipulate your mind where you will, he will like just trash talk you so much that you'll like literally just give up. (laughs) Like like we actually have to make rules sometimes when we play games, like you cannot talk like because he's just so intense that he'll like start to make you like crazy. So I'd pick him for that reason, one. (laughs) Um, But I don't know, but my team would win for sure. That's a good one, we should do that sometime.
0: And my thought is, how would the teams divvy up? because like I said, you've got Tanisha, PJ, Taylor, Jade, Angel, Morgan, Malachi, you know, Sade's in there yourself. I don't know who everyone else is associated. No, that's right, Tanisha's got a daughter too and, and Kendall. Taylor's son, Maurice might be a little young to join that kind of scrimmage. <laughs> no. I mean, that would be a pretty fun pickup. Maybe a three by three, three on three, since that's an Olympic sport. That'd probably be the best way to go because if it were traditional, I think it might get a little too intense or physical. Yeah. But maybe a three. uh, We could do three on three. Have the backyard version. Maybe that's how you divvy it up. Yeah. yeah. I I would. I would. If if you could make it happen, I would. I would come to. say, I would go to. (laughs) I would go just to watch.
1: Yeah, I I want Angel on my team too. Because when Angel, when Angel like works hard, Angel, I've seen that girl do some, some crazy things out on the court already. So I pick Angel. I pick everybody, of course, but I have to get Angel in the right mindset Then I pick her.
0: (laughs) It it sounds like the team selection process might be more intense than the game itself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably. And they probably all just laugh at me too, but they
0: probably, oh, you see you know what, you, use that to your advantage. They'll laugh at you thinking maybe, oh, she's done.
1: We'll start practicing again.
0: <laughs> but it sounds like no matter what, you would not create a scenario where you and PJ would go against each other. No. That no. might be a little too ends- over the top.
1: <laughs> it never ends that well.
0: <laughs> uh, because I don't, because the two of you would start trash talking each other. And- <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We're both very competitive.
0: So, so yeah, you know what, Maybe you're right. So don't have you play go against each other because that could that could turn real vicious there and someone might have to play peacemaker. Yeah. Like I said, I'm gonna be in so much <laughs> trouble with, when the rest of your family sees this and going, What is what is Mike up to? What is he thinking? We want nothing to do with him anymore. No, you know, it's all good. IT's I but I appreciate you taking the time to share part of your story and I know there's so many more components to it. You know, we looked at your sports background, but with what you're doing in education and motherhood, I think Mandy, you and I have a lot of different avenues we could take if we ever do a follow-up. Yeah, We already talked of one with you and PJ, so maybe we'll get that couples quiz thing together and, and then people can understand what you're talking about when you say we like to talk and... That's why I got into broadcasting, because I love to talk. i like, might as well make the most of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not about to zip my lip anytime soon, so I might as well make it into something useful. Yeah. But I certainly appreciate it, and glad we got a chance to reminisce and share some insight about your time at Richfield, your time at Concordia, and more importantly, how you can make a difference, even if you're not with the star team, or if you're not the star player. It doesn't matter where you are how many points you score, if you work at it as you did, you can go places and I'd say this basketball journey has taken you a lot of places that you were happy to visit.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I agree with that. So thank you so much, I appreciate it. And yes, anytime we could, we could do the couple thing, I know Pete would probably like that. I can also talk education too, we could talk whatever, I guess, but what? maybe post life after basketball.
0: Well, I have a couple ideas that I actually want to run with you, <laughs> run past you once we're done. So that's what happens. These interviews just lead to more stories. That's why I started doing this thing a couple of years ago. But Mandy Hill, once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. And perhaps it will resonate with someone, whether it's Sine or PJ Hill. Uh, PJ, Well, PJ Hill is right, just a junior when he's a little older to understand a human language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's what, three months? So... Yeah, I can't quite understand everything we're saying just yet. But when he does, you'll be able to pull this up and say, hey, it doesn't matter how many points you scored. What matters is how you make people feel. And it's clear from this conversation and from all of the stories and reflections that others have about you that you have a lot of people rooting for you.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that.
0: Mandy Hill, everyone, you can see her on the sidelines. Hopefully, soon, cheering on Sinead and perhaps PJ Hill when he, PJ Junior. <laughs> this is going to take some getting That's used okay. to. His
1: name is PJ Hill,
0: <laughs> so right? Like... But <laughs> if you don't
1: see me, you'll hear me. Trust me. Yes,
0: yeah, so if you don't see Mandy, you will hear. Her and as I said, you will hopefully see her on the sidelines again, real soon, when the winter season picks back up. And if you want to be a guest for a future episode of this podcast, just hit us up on social media at the TheMikePedent on Twitter or Instagram. All you need is a good story, and we're happy to share it. So until next time, thanks for watching. If you'd like to support TSB television programming, check us out on Patreon, PayPal, or Cash App. And thanks for watching Miked Up Sports.